Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And now, are you effing kidding me? With Jojo from Jers. Hey, it's me, Jojo from Jers. And shocker, I have something to say. Let's talk about God making Trump, shall we? When Donald Trump was a five-year-old boy, he was caught throwing rocks at a baby in a crib in the neighboring yard. When he was eligible for the draft, while his peers went off to war, he sought medical deferments for an ailment he didn't have. He left his first wife, who said he raped her, for his second wife, who he then left for his third wife, who he cheated on repeatedly. He bragged about grabbing women by the pussy, cheated people out of their money, stole from charities, mocked a disabled reporter, opined about having sex with his daughter, let Americans die from COVID and incited horrific violence in order to install himself in an office he was voted out of. He's a sociopathic narcissist, a pathological liar, a sexual predator, and a bigoted, hateful, vitriolic criminal con man who refers to innocent immigrants as vermin while praising murderous despots at the same time. He can't cite a single passage from the Bible. He doesn't attend church. He spends his every Sunday worshiping at the Basilica of St. Nine, and he refers to himself as the second coming of Jesus. God has turned him into a tomato sauce stained sloth-like creature who has to wear a girdle and lifts in his shoes. God impeached him twice, made him lose re-election, and visited upon him's term in office a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic which ravaged our country along with the rest of the world. And then God indicted him four times, found him liable of defamation, sexual abuse, and business fraud. God created someone as hateful, impulsive, intolerant, needy, angry, vengeful, selfish, sadistic, depraved, immoral, a religious, idiotic, envious, and evil as Donald Trump made his presidency the most infamous in the history of time. And then he rained down upon him the hammer of justice in historic fashion, all so that he could return him to the office he tried to steal in order to save America? That's God's plan, is it? To reward the physical embodiment of the seven deadly sins rolled into a senile septuagenarian with the highest political office on the planet? Yeah, I don't fucking think so. Ron Filipowski is joining me once again this week, and I always have an incredible time talking to him. Um, if you're not following him on social media, I don't even know what you're doing with your time. Hello, because he is amazing. A former Marine editor at MidasTouch.com, host of the Uncovered podcast, ex-Republican, and all-around awesome human being. I was going to recap 2023 and look toward 2024, but we just had so much fun talking about other shit, because there's always something to talk about, that that'll just have to wait. Um, great conversation. I had fun. I always have fun with Ron. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to the Are You Up and Kidding Me podcast. My friend, Ron Filipowski, this is your third time on my podcast. You're the only yes. repeater, but certainly the only three-timer. So welcome. Thank you for being here again. No, I'm happy to do it. It's an honor. Oh, Thank geez. you. Well, you know. Well, I'm um, following you... Henry Winkler, so that's like a big deal. You know? <laughs> it's true. You are following the Fonz. After just the Fonz. A... Oh, my God. Yeah. We just talked about the Fonz. That was oh, fucking awesome, by the way. Like, that was just... I mean, how often can you say that you get to meet someone 
well, I, I'm 49, almost 50. And I was watching Happy Days when I was eight, nine, 10. So like, you know, decades and decades after I was obsessed with him and I'm just sitting there shooting the shit with him. Like I've known him forever. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I mean, a Gen Xer, we, we grew up with happy days. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, like I said, it was on where I, where I was in Jersey, when I still in Jersey, it was syndicated. So channel five here, I think it was, would show it every single day. Henry even said it was on in some places twice a day in the morning and in the evening. So it was like that and the Brady Bunch. I feel like those and Buck Rogers, those were always on like, and Laurel and Hardy weirdly, which was another one. I was like, and what, what is this show? <laughs> Well, Charlie's Angels was always a big one for me. And and of course, Wonder Woman. Um, yes. Well, so because, you know, I really liked um, Linda Carter. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's still so freaking beautiful. Like she's, yeah. she's still like, she's, I mean, when you look back at, like, holy shit, I knew she was stunning, but you're like, oh my God, like so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the bionic man. Steve um, Majors. Um, yeah. Was the actor, right? Yeah. Six million dollar man. Yeah. That... yeah is the six million dollar man the same as the bionic man or are they oh, different? Oh my God. I'm like totally different. losing my mind here. I don't know. Because there was, I think, was it a bionic? Hmm. Now I don't know. Uh, yes. Yeah, Steve Majors? I'm not even sure. I thought that was his name. Yeah. He was married to Farrah Fawcett, I think. Yeah. And she, who, for a little and, before Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, yeah that, that marriage. Who didn't have her poster? Like every freaking my brother had her. Poster. I had it. <laughs> exactly. Everybody had. And I, I, I mean, it's not hard to. She was pretty, but that's not exactly what, you know, dudes were putting her poster. <laughs> that particular poster wasn't about her face, which was beautiful, but it wasn't about her face. If I recall correctly, you know, you could see the. The, but, the, the swimsuit one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she was, she's still with us, right? Farrah's still alive, isn't she? No, no, oh, she she's was... not. No, I didn't even realize that because I know Ryan died recently. Yeah, no, I think Farrah died a few years ago. Wow, yeah. I didn't. Sorry, Farrah. I don't think I knew that. But yeah. rest in peace. Um, yeah, I guess we're gonna pivot to. Uh, well, <laughs> we can talk about boobs first because um, Trump, Trump's lawyer Alina Haba. That's how you say her name, I think. Um, she was just oh, interviewed yeah. and she was asked, you tell us, what, what was she asked about? What did she say? Yeah, well, I learned, I learned, definitely it was an hour long interview. So imagine listening to Alina Haba for an hour, you know, yeah, she'd get combat pay. But mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't know her parents are from Baghdad, by the way. She's 100% Iraqi. I didn't think not many people knew that. Yeah. I did not know that. Aren't you Middle Eastern too? You're yeah, like, Lebanese. And I wondered yeah. if her last name was Arabic, but she I said she's a hundred percent Iraqi, you know, going back thousands of years. So hmm. yeah. Yep. Her parents moved to the United States. So interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, they asked her the I mean the funny there was several funny parts, but most of it I had heard before. But these guys are pretty known for asking some crazy questions. The, this, these were the guys who asked DeSantis about his heels, and that was kind of clip went viral. Uh, so these guys will just ask people anything. They're pretty crazy, but they have a they have a huge audience, so yeah. that's why the people go on there. And they're right wing, you know. And they asked her, um, "Do you think Trump, you know, you being very attractive, was one of the factors for Trump hiring you? Do you think that that, you know, was one reason?" And I thought she was going to like push back, you know, and kind of say, no, you know, he I was an accomplished lawyer. 
But I mean, she pretty much agreed with the premise of the question. She's like, yeah, you know, she she said, you know, I I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now if I wasn't attractive, you know, if I didn't look the way I look. And I clearly caught his eye. And she mentioned that she was a, a member at Bedminster uh, and, you know, he noticed her. And um, that's how and she's she owned it. She just oh. basically said, yeah, you know, uh, being being good looking uh, helps. And and she said she said in her, her answer, um, one time somebody asked me, would you rather be smart or pretty? And she said, oh, that's an easy question. I'd rather be pretty because uh, you can always fake being smart. Holy shit. That's what she said. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it's like, oh, God, that's so gross because it is so gross. And like, honest to God, I just I can't imagine answering that question that way. It's just it's icky. But but on the other hand, you're like, well, you know, I guess of all of them, at least one of them is kind of being honest. I mean, it's <laughs> it's disgusting and like it's embarrassing to my gender. But like, at least she's owning it. I mean, it's again, it's disgusting. I mean, I guess, you know, she has it looks like she's invested some money in her face and her you know body and i'm sure that a lot of that was in, very intentional to get maybe have where you seen have you seen the old old pictures of her from like 15 years ago no yeah it's like an ivanka transformation <gasps> it's I'm the same gonna... she looks completely different okay well that makes sense and now i have to look for that mm -hmm. because i mean knowing that you said that she's 100 iraqi and i'm like looking at her face and i'm like hmm Hmm. But that, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's sad. It is sad to me because it just perpetuates like all of this stereotypical shit about women needing to be uh, eye candy and seen and not heard. And it's really sad. And it's not all surprising again, that Donald Trump would have hired an attorney based on nothing but her tit size, you know what I'm like? And I, God knows what she would, God knows. And I'm not supposing anything, but I would guess God knows what she would do to get ahead. If it's like, well, you know, this is what I'm selling to get a, an advantage. I just, well, I, you know, the right wingers go, go absolutely crazy. When I, when I do that, when I, when I post pictures of them together and say like, you know, on the road and yeah. I say, Where, where's Melania, you know, I point right. that out that Melania has not gone on a single campaign stop or road trip with Trump in three years. Mm. And yet Haba goes everywhere with him and she's, you know, married with kids in, in Jersey. Uh, I think her husband and her kids are in Jersey. What? She, I believe so. I had no idea. And so she was married and she, kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Young kids. And she's constantly with Trump, you know, 24 seven. So it's very unusual. I mean, I posted the picture of her on her birthday when they flew back from it was either Iowa or California yeah. and they got in at like midnight and yeah. he had a birthday cake and it was just the two of them sitting there um, having her birthday cake alone in, in, in the dining room, you know, and I, yeah. you know, I, whenever I post things like that, the bag of people go absolutely crazy. They come really come after me. Because why? They, because they because they perpetuate they, this idea that he's actually a, fam, a like a faithful yeah, family man. <laughs> they absolutely believe that him and Melania are just completely in love and have <laughs> this incredible relationship and perfect marriage. And so when you whenever you suggest that that's not the case, they get really irate. It's almost like you can't you can't disturb that 
that the bubble that they want to exist in this this bubble of fictional Trump. Like if you if you poke the yes. bubble, they're like, you can't touch that. Like that we need to believe all these things. They need to be intact. We can't look at the truth. And like it's re it's I was again, I was off camera. We were talking about this, about just all these lies. Like I really do believe that Trump could take a dump in, on a plate and put his name on it and say to them, this is 24 karat gold. And they would be like, oh, wow, look at this gold, so shiny. Like, they, it's the weird, they will just believe whatever they want to believe. <laughs> like, I think he's going to spend, well, let's, let's move to this because I was going to, we're going to do a wrap up of 2023 and a look at 24. But this big story that broke today was that the Democrats released, the House Democrats released a report sort of outlining just how much foreign money Donald Trump got from his properties while president, five point something million of which seven point eight million that we know about, five point something million of which was from China. Like the but all of which violates the emoluments clause, but I digress because MAGA will see this somehow if they accept that it's real, which they're gonna say he donated all the money to the Treasury, which is provable he didn't. But I could I actually see him spitting this and being like, actually making money from foreign governments while president is a sign of strength and it shows how smart I am. And they'll be like, yes, because they now he's now telling them that a good Dow is bad because it helps rich people and he's not rich. Did you see you? Did you post that clip where he was like, oh, no, the a good Dow is uh, yes. bad. Well, he's had two different takes on it. OK, one take was, yes, rich people are now getting richer under Biden. <laughs> and then I think that one really didn't play very well. <laughs> and so now yet yeah, his new spin on it is uh, the stock market is only up because they all think I'm about to be back as president. So so they all feel good about the future because they see the polls and they see I'm probably going to be president again. <laughs> that's that's his new spin. And, yeah. the, and, and they know they probably know that he's now told them two different things, but they don't care. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Well, or, three oh. different things. Because right. he's been saying the stock market was going to crash. Yes, right. You know? So, so right. it's been three different stories. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like with the wall. He said, of course, he's been saying for well, he for however long it was. I'm going to build a great, beautiful wall, and who's going to pay for it? And everybody would scream, Mexico. And then, of course, Mexico didn't. And then he shut down the government to make, to, to make our government pay for it. And then he ended up taking the money from our Defense Department. And now, because it's one of those things that all of us troll him on, all of us, all the time. Now he's gone from saying that he said that to he didn't say it. He went, he said, I said part of the wall. And then he went from saying, I said part of the wall to saying, I knew Mexico was never going to pay for the wall. And now he's saying, actually, they gave us soldiers. Yeah, that's the new that's the new take on the wall. Yeah, is part of his stump speech. You know, Asen and I get to watch every yeah. single Trump speech. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. And so, you know, sometimes uh, this is very uh, social media, you know, centric here, but inside baseball, inside social inside social media. But yeah. Asen and I obviously talk all throughout the day and um, we're all I'm always like, man, are you are you going to do are you going to do Trump tonight, man? Because I'm I'm, 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 I can't do it, you know. So, so we kind of like divide up. Like, okay, I'll do, I'll do the pastor speech. I'll do the anthem. Uh, you take Christy Nome. I'll jump on the first half of Trump, you know. So we're kind of <laughs> like team. divvying it up just for yeah. our own sanity, you know. But yeah, the new, the new line now is, well, you know, I got something better than the wall from Mexico. That's <laughs> what he says now. I got 
8,000 soldiers. I got them to put 8,000 soldiers along the border to keep everybody out. So that was even better than a wall. Well, know? okay, then if that's true, obviously it's not. But if that's true, then why do they keep saying that we're getting more migrants crossing the border than ever if Trump got these Mexican soldiers to keep the, the, the people from crossing the border? I, don't I mean, remember presumably they all went home, the, oh. the soldiers, you know, they're not there anymore. It was, it was only as long as Trump was president. Right. Yeah. Only so, only for Trump. they They did it. Yeah. Of course, because he could solve, you know, Middle East peace and the conflict in Ukraine in 24 hours. He would just say a little bit of this to one person and a little bit of that to the other, and it would be solved. Well, he has to be dictator for a day to do it. But yes, <laughs> just and he would be able to do it. One day. Just one. Because <laughs> everyone knows a totally normal thing That's that all a presidential candidate says is that they will be a dictator, but only uh, for one day. Yeah. Dictators are, are well known for voluntarily giving up power it, <laughs> it's just it's it's something dictators do right <laughs> i think julius caesar had to be stabbed 29 times before he gave up power but, yeah. and donald trump wasn't a dictator and wouldn't give up power he was hung from the window of a hotel room i think you know, so that's well, usually well, what it takes you know yeah. to get rid of a dictator but see now this is another thing where mag is like ooh, yes that's what we need. We love America so much that we need someone who will break all the rules because the rules don't work, but just for one day and be a dictator because they don't know what that means. But they're like, sure, that sounds great. It's that cartoon of the sheep looking at the picture of the wolf and the wolf saying, I'm going to eat you. And the sheep are like, he really tells it like it is. And it's like, yes, a dictator will be great for us until they realize that not for them at all. They'll be working in like labor camps for the for their melted circus peanut messiah. Like it's not... A dictatorship doesn't work for everybody, friends. In, in fact, in that, in that Habah interview I just listened to today, uh, they discussed this. Uh, they they were talk. They brought up a poll that showed that a huge majority of Republicans polled said they want an authoritarian leader, a strong man. Um, and it, it the, the the numbers were like seventy eight percent or something. Um, and so, yeah, they were they were kind of like agreeing that that's that's what's needed, you know, because they've conditioned their followers to these certain basic premises. You know, MAGA, MAGA gets conditioned at every rally, every speech, these certain themes. And the theme basically is these deep state evil people have taken over the government and control the government behind the scenes. And the reason why Trump really wasn't able to accomplish that much in his first term was because of these deep state actors. But he's got it all figured out now. And he knows who they are. He didn't know before, uh. but he know he's got it all figured out now. And he knows and he's gonna get rid of all of them. Mm -hmm. But you know, a, a regular president with separation of powers and all that can't do that. So right. it's gonna take an authoritarian chosen by God, which is yeah. Trump with right. that's where the pastors come in. Because the pastors get up at the beginning of the rallies and say, you know, Trump has been chosen by God. So, you know, it's OK to have an authoritarian because, number one, it's desperately needed right now because everything is falling apart. And number two, God's chosen him so we can trust him. Yeah. Right. This time. Right. And he'll get the because, things done because we can trust God. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, all of it is 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 batshit insane. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. 
I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The religious component will never cease to just completely, like, leave me gobsmacked. I, I, do, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. I mean, he, it was something went viral today about him being devout or something like that. I forget who it was. It but was a poll, it's yeah, like, a poll. I mean. A poll showed that that's the it. average people thought he was more religious than Biden. Yeah. More religious than Romney. Yeah. Than yeah. Romney. Yeah. Who's Romney. like a, a like. Romney, practicing yeah. Mormon. Yeah. Among Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and the thing again, I it's just like they'll believe anything back to that pile of shit. That's gold. Like he doesn't even pretend to, to go to church. He 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 golfs. I say worships every Sunday at Our Lady of the Perpetual Mulligan. Like that's what he does. And and like Biden goes to church every single Sunday or as often as he can. And then they say that like Trump is devout and he's a He's a thrice married serial flander who mocked a disabled guy and grabbed, bragged about grabbing women by the pussy and cites violence at every turn. And they're like, oh, but he's so godly. You ask him to cite one verse in the Bible and you know he can't. He can't. But they're like, he's so, you know, he loves God. I, what, like, what is it that they really think they're getting from him that, that makes them believe this stuff? The, the, the religious side, I don't understand that. Well, you know, when he put out that horrible Christmas message, you know, where on Christmas he just trashed everybody and, you know, it was, it was disgusting, yeah, right? Yeah. So the day after that prompted me to go back because I was I was doing an article about Trump and, and religion, you know, and his relationship, how he's handled religious questions when they get asked of him, Bible questions. So I was I went back to pull all these old clips and I started watching all these Christian broadcast network interviews from 15 and 16 with Trump that I had never seen before. And I don't think most people had seen them other than, you know, the evangelicals that they were targeting. And it was so different what these these same people, because I see these same pastors now, what these same pastors were saying back then when they were selling Trump to their flock is so different from now. It's a completely different message. And, and I wrote an article about this where I showed the side-by-side -side comparison because, because back then what they were saying is, okay, we know Trump's not one of us. We know he's not a Christian. We know, you know, he doesn't read the Bible. We get it. But, you know, there's definitely going to be two Supreme Court justices coming open, maybe three. And they were saying this back then. And he's he's promised to give us three pro-life justices, mm -hmm. you know, all pro-life justices. So that was number one. And number two, he's promised to repeal the Johnson Amendment, which is the amendment that gives churches tax exempt status as long as they don't participate in religious activities or endorse candidates. He promised to repeal that. So they basically said he's not one of us back then, mm -hmm. but he's going to do these two things that we really want. So we got to kind of make this deal with the devil kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And by the way, he never repealed the Johnson Amendment, <laughs> oh, although he gave him their he gave him their justices, you know. Yeah. So now. Thanks, Mitch McConnell. Those same people you listen to him today. It's nothing. Now it's like he's chosen by God. 
you know, God, he's God anointed, God's anointed one. These same people. I mean, it's, I, I guess they don't even really, it doesn't matter because they don't even believe that their own shit, but also like there's so much suspension of disbelief and like cognitive dissonance and all the things like they just like, they just, it's as if they don't even know what they said yesterday, what he said yesterday. Nobody cares. It's just what fits right now in this moment, whatever that is for whatever purposes we think we need. Like Mike Johnson it truly, as far as I've understood, believes that the rapture is literally coming. And like, so anything he does in in any end for any reason will be forgiven because it, his sins will be absolved. So he could have tried to overthrow an, ele- an election for Donald Trump and it doesn't matter. He's an extreme case, an extreme like example, but I'm, it's a very, very strange reality of the stuff that they're willing to just overlook and the fiction that they're willing to accept because you look at it and you're like how do they not see it but it's become so much more cult-like in the last four years than it was and he's leaned so hard into that yeah. um i saw a poll today that not, not just maga but like a quarter of americans believe that january 6th was was an inside job was perpetrated by the deep state or the fbi 11 percent of that you know quarter actually truly truly believe that the, the quarter thinks it's possible of yeah. all of americans so yeah. so it's not it's permeating all the different levels of society not just that cult and that's really scary like i think the number of the people in america who who think trump was responsible for january 6th has continued to slide it's somewhere hovering not far above 50 percent at this point because they just it's like you're a student of history. We keep we see this degradation of the truth and this whitewashing of facts and this rewriting of history. And I, I don't know if it's, you know, who said it because misattributed quote all the time. But like if you tell a lie, tell it, you know, make it a big one and tell it repeated often kind of thing. Um, that's what's happening. That's what we're seeing. You know who actually is more susceptible to that kind of stuff i have noticed a lot last year is actually people who aren't on political social media Hmm. but are on social media in a for non-politics right Mm -hmm. because i think that those of us who are on social media primarily for politics get pretty thick skin and get very skeptical and we question everything that's presented every video every photo every clip we is that photoshopped is that fake yeah because there's we're just used to that nonsense you know so we scrutinize everything and we don't fall for everything very easily but you know on their team they're very set on what they believe in and so are we Mm -hmm. but it's those other people that when that disinformation stuff kind of filters out into people who are into sports or fashion or whatever their social media genre is, sometimes our stuff gets into their world and, you know, they're not, they don't have those tools to kind of figure out, oh, that's fake, you know, mm-hmm. or that's, that's from Russia, you right. know, they're not savvy enough. So they just buy it. And I think that that's where some of these polls come in. It's those people. It's really the non-political savvy people that are, that are having this stuff hit them in, in different places, you know? I mean, I've had, to your point, I've had peers of mine who are not really dialed in. Uh, they're certainly not as much as I am. But then again, very few people are like <laughs> us in that regard. But they'll say, like, just in passing, like, oh, Joe Biden's really senile, right? Like, he's not really running the show. And it's like, where did you hear that? Like, why would you say that? And I think a lot of, I know right 
wing media. And I know that they, they really drive that hard, which is a kind of funny thing because they also simultaneously will say that he's the mastermind of, you know, 91 criminal charges and four indictments and business fraud and Shell companies. Abuse. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now he's, he's simultaneously doing all of that while being so senile, he can't tie his own shoes. But that message is that message got through to the people who aren't paying attention. And they're like, I don't really know if I want to vote for a senile old guy. And they're like, looking at Trump. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? The guy. And, and I can tell you that, you know, people bust on me for doing things like on DeSantis's heels and things like that. But those, those are the kind of things that get to those people. Yeah. And they, that, that, those, cro those crossover. That's why I love like tweets about music or fashion or something like that, because I know that's going to get into into those ecosystems that are not political social media. And, and that just happened to me on that clip with um, where uh, with Laura Trump, where she was criticizing Green Day, you mm -hmm. know, and that clip kind of fizzled out on political social media. And then 24 hours later, somebody must have tweeted it, uh, a band, maybe it was even Green Day. I didn't look, but it just went really viral with all these music people. Huh. And um, and so that's what I mean. It's clips like that. So when you're talking about Biden, it's when they do like the right wingers do all the doctored stuff or they're splicing things and they're putting them together in a montage of him like tripping or, you know, turning around, acting like he doesn't know where to go, you know, and they're very deceptively edited. Mm -hmm. And those get into those other ecosystems and they see them and, right. you know, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's lost it, you know. Right. And that's a that's a that's a big message that they, the like they really they really lean hard into that because it's effective. And it's crazy to me that it's effective because you have to sort of like just ignore the fact that the guy that's very likely going to be running against him might really be in the throes of dementia and, yeah. you know, d doesn't. Sometimes he was so off script, but he he looks at eclipses with the naked eye. He, he says he says the wrong town name. You know, it's, it can't remember his own son's name. Or when asked to describe his son, he says he's tall. But like, I, I, it's just crazy to me that people just don't make. And he's only a few years younger, but they can criticize Biden for being too old. But Trump somehow is not. It's the again makes you really scratch your head and just I. It's messaging and then depending on wh what people are susceptible to, but it's really crazy. And Lara uh, Trump, ugh. you know, we got we got marching orders from Ben and Brett, you know, at Midas um, that uh, several months ago that they wanted us to turn the tables on Trump on that. And they they wanted me and Asen specifically to look for any gaffe, any mis mispronunciation, any date he got wrong. And, and then we started doing that, you know, mm -hmm. so that's what they've been doing to Biden, you know, for years. Yeah. And no Democrat has ever really done that back to Trump. And so we made a conscious effort of that between our team. And so all the stuff that you've seen of him, like mixing up Obama or, you know, mixing up dates or places or countries, you know, Budapest or Hungary, you know, on yeah. the border of Ukraine, that all came from us because you know, Ben, Ben and Brett basically asked us to do that. And and I think that's been really effective in encountering that, you know, the Biden stuff. I agree. And I don't know why we don't do that more on our side. I mean, I know you and I do. And I know, you know, Midas does a lot. And I think that, you know, people are like, well, you know, when, when two pigs are in the mud, the kid, the pig's load or something, everybody comes out 30. I'm like, well, you and I talked about this a lot. I do yeah. believe that there's some value in going right back at them where they are. We don't need to go high just because they go low all the time. I mean, we can still be the grownups in the room all being like, 
okay, you're going to go this way. We're going to meet you there because I got pound for pound. We can let's do this. You know what I mean? I've got enough to, in my arsenal to go right back at you, if not more so. Like this idea that Trump is is fit, where Biden is meek and weak, and it's like. Have you ever they went after Biden for not having a shirt on the beach and like how he was old and frail? And it's like, have you ever, ever one time once seen Donald Trump without a shirt on? You can't. <laughs> I, I've seen more Trump photos than maybe anybody. Yeah. You know, I've never seen one with him with a shirt off. You posted a, a video or even in a T-shirt. Yeah, right. You posted a video of him getting off of his golf cart, which is his version of exercise. And he he like lumbers over to these people. And I, I said, even for him, he looks like shit. He just lo like looks like a beluga whale. And I'm not fat shaming him, but it's just I mean, by squishiness in general, like his neck, it's all just one like heap of gelatin. And he like lumbers over a little bit and he looks really unsteady on his feet. And he's just saggy and old looking and like not altogether there. That's and that's why. That's why, by the way, I follow so many of the golf course people that work at his golf courses. Yeah. That's that people ask me where I get a lot of the golf stuff. I follow his employees oh like God. his caddies and stuff. Oh you know, God. they don't even know it. But I'm like <laughs> on Instagram following like people that work in the pro shop at at you know Doral. <laughs> and I'm only doing that for this for this purpose. Right. But the reason why the golf course stuff is so good is because. He doesn't have his makeup on. He doesn't have his girdle. You know, he doesn't have his lifts in his shoes. So he has to kind of wear normal. That's like how he how he really looks. Yeah. For the most yeah. part. You know? Yeah. And those, they'll catch those pictures of him eating at like the buffet line or something. That's always just like so cringeworthy. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's a value to going back at them when they go after these ridiculous things. And same thing, you can you can take this up. You can even like go up a notch or two and do it on, on policy where it's like they're like, oh, he Trump was the jobs president. And you're like, actually, here's some facts. Like Trump was the GDP president. Actually, well, here's some facts. And then, of course, they always go, well, that was the pandemic. That, the pandemic that, that the, the deep state unleashed on the country so that by they use they that really, as, the, as the excuse to, for everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. So many long games that the Democrats have been playing so long that they were able to launch investigations into Trump before he ever even announced that he was going to be seeking election in 2024. They were so, so calculating, playing so much 40 chess that Letitia James and everybody else in New York knew that if they launched those investigations, long before he announced that they could derail his presidency three years later, four years later. Makes sense. Yeah, right. right yeah. Sure. <laughs> and the business fraud case in New York's been going on forever. Like, you know, long. what's interesting, though, is like Trump and MAGA will always try and um, ignore the, the final year, like redact out 2020 and not count that in his yeah. economic record. Right. And chalk it up to the pandemic. But they will never take into account that Biden's first year was even worse, like for everything being a mess, yeah. supply chain and all of that, things shut down. So, but they'll never sort of, they, they won't, they won't take out back out 2021 from Biden's economic record. Mm -hmm. You know, that counts, right? Like what he inherited counts, but they, but, but the Trump's last year doesn't count because, because of the pandemic. You know? And it doesn't count that he inherited Obama's, economy like it doesn't right oh that too right and the pandemic was worse in 2021 than it was in 2020 by the way if you look at all the numbers
And if you look at the numbers, there were downtrends in manufacturing jobs. There were downtrends in jobs in general. There were downtrends in economic numbers before the pandemic, largely because of Trump Smith management, but also um, in terms of the economy, that tax cut that he gave to the ultra rich and corporations has done a doozy on our economy that MAGA will never admit. But I mean, it saddled us with so much debt that our grandkids will be paying for it, but they don't want to talk about that. They want to just give them more tax cuts. It's it's, it's so but, selective. You know, the MAGA mythology that they repeat over and over again, the mantra was it was the greatest economy in the history of the world. Trump, Trump has repeated that line 10,000 times. Mm. It was the great, the, the, the mythology is it was better than it's ever been. It was the greatest ever. Then this pandemic happened. Everything fell apart. That's why I lost. And then we and then every you know, it's all horrible. And now I'll bring it back to where it was before. That's the mythology. I have often asked them and they don't ever answer me really, but I, I know that they won't because the truth is if useful to mega is like a thesaurus and a toothbrush. But I've asked them, what did he do for you? What did he do for you? Tell me. Like, here's the things he promised. He promised to build a wall. Mexico pay for it didn't happen. He promised to, you know, end the opioid crisis, bring back coal, you know, all of the things. Infrastructure week was a running joke for four years. Never happened. He never repealed and replaced Obamacare. And he's flip-flopped his story on that, by the way, too, where now it's like Biden. I mean, not Biden. McCain they'll somehow talk, is responsible. Say- They'll yeah. talk about gas prices, you know. That's yeah. that's pretty much what they'll talk about and inflation. You know, um, I could, you know, buy my Big Mac with cheese for four dollars, and now it's five. You know, something like that. You know, but right. And you can't talk to them about facts about how this is global. You can't. It's talk global, to them yeah. About, exactly. Or about the fact that our recovery is stronger under Biden than it was under previous administrations. Like, you can't talk to them about that because it's not useful to them. It's not. No. It, All they this, know is. This costs X when Trump was president. Now it costs Y. Bring Trump back. Right. Right. Trump twenty twenty four. It is. It is. It's so. I mean, it is that's, mythological. That's, that's what they say. Yeah. And I love what you said before earlier about them. Like, oh, the reason he didn't get anything accomplished was because the deep state kept interrupting him. And it's like, no, no, he had the Senate, <laughs> the House, he and kept the White firing House. everybody. Right. <laughs> he couldn't and, keep anybody in his staff. You know. Serious, and. Uh, well, we could talk about what a return to the White House would look like because he wouldn't have any anyone to have guardrails on him for any reason whatsoever. But like, that's terrifying. I mean, he did have adults in the room, but they were still basically giving him whatever he wanted, his wish list. He just didn't know how far he could go yet, I think. He was like, oh, so I can't shoot migrants in the legs? No. Moats with alligators? Oh, next, no. Okay. Can't gut the VA completely? Okay. Like, now those, those guardrails are gone. Like that's he wouldn't nothing would prevent him from doing whatever disgusting thing he wanted to do, which would include not leaving office ever. Yeah. You know, he just gave an edict to uh, to all of them to stop talking about what jobs they're going to have, because <laughs> he got really pissed off after Bannon uh, said that Cash Patel was going to be the CIA director. Oh <laughs> and and, um, and that made you know, I posted the clip and it went viral and made national news because I forget what Cash said he was going to do as CIA director, but it was it wasn't wasn't very good. Oh, um, <laughs> and and so Trump 
threw down the gauntlet because uh, somebody else like Don Jr. or something was in an interview a few days later. And he said, we're not dad told, told we're not allowed to talk about any buddy who might get any position you know they said he's 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 put the put out the edict that if you if you start going on a show bannon show and talking about you're going to be secretary of defense uh, mm -hmm. you're not getting anything right. but but we know who they are because they were all talking about it you know mm -hmm. like mike flynn you know they'll they'll say like trump promised me i'm going to be here you know we know it's going to be mike flynn we know it's stephen miller you know jason miller obviously um you know, we, we know who's going to be in these cabinet positions. We can go, you know, one by one. It's yeah. pretty obvious. Rick Grinnell, yeah. you know, will be, uh, it, it's all the absolute worst misfit, horrible people that were left over, you know, at the end. But, you know, the other interesting thing to me has been how all the, all of his former cabinet members all hate each other now. Mm -hmm. You know, they're constantly bad mouthing each other and and trashing each other. And it's just, you know, what a dysfunctional crew they had. And they they're unabashedly trashing him, too, while we're writing their own history and role in, the, you know, some of the things that he did. Let's just take Barr, for example, even Bolton. I mean, they'll go after each other. They'll clearly go after Trump. And then they'll act like they were somehow yeah. uh, you know, offended by the things that they enabled and emboldened at the same time. It's yeah. Really weird. Like they weren't part of it, you know. Yeah. It's like when Paul Ryan did that, and I think you posted that clip too, but that interview with Paul Ryan um, that was up, I think, the other day, where the, the interviewer asks him, like, what's what's wrong with the Republican Party? And he said, I'll give you two-word answer, Donald Trump. And it's like, Paul, did I say Paul Ryan? I meant Paul Ryan. If I didn't say Paul Ryan, my yeah, you did. brain yeah. was thinking it. And I, my response to that, like a lot of people's response to that was, you made him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, I thought for sure. I am naive enough to think that I, well, I was naive enough to think that after the Access Hollywood tape, I thought Paul Ryan had said privately, like, that's it. I'm not supporting him anymore. I actually thought he was going to stick with that. I'm a fool um, because we don't know that that didn't happen. Um, he was as shocked as anybody that Trump won. But, you know, all of those years of sort of like hiding behind Trump, like he was, you know, in front of them like Frankenstein so they could do all this terrible shit behind, you know, behind the scenes enabled him to be exactly who we see today. And right. it's like the hand they kept feeding, hand feeding this rabid animal raw meat. And then their animal bit them on the hand and they were like, well, why did that animal bite me? How did that happen? It's like, you, Paul Ryan, you did this and then you cut and run. Like, Well, that's why I say like, you know, me switching parties. People sometimes say, you know, well, did you switch because of Trump? And I said, and I've said, no, there, you know, just Trump being president or leader of the party for a while would not have caused me to not be a Republican after 30 years of being active in the party. Yeah. It was the fact that so many other of the party leaders went along with it. That's the reason why I left. That's what disillusioned me more. It wasn't that one person was able to acquire power. It was that so many people I thought I knew and respected, you know, gave into it. And I knew that they couldn't stand him. I knew yeah. they didn't like him. But, you know, they're up there acting like they did. And and that really, like, turned my stomach and said, I can't be part of this anymore, you know. I mean, from an outsider perspective, looking at the Republican Party at the time, growing up as the daughter of a Republican who changed, thanks to George W. Bush, to a Democrat, I was expecting 
naively and foolishly that those establishment Republicans, that the leadership, that the cooler heads in the party that were still there at the time, I thought that they would stand up and reject it every time, every time. I was like, no, no, this will be too far. No, they can't. He attacked McCain. No, 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 they'll stand up for McCain. No, like every single time they just... I didn't see the tweet or you'll have to ask him about yeah. that, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then and then for me, like the chef's kiss was when McConnell had the chance to basically whip his party into convicting Trump in the second impeachment because he said he thought he was responsible for January 6th. But then he voted not to convict him and then said really passing the buck, that it would be up to the courts to decide Donald Trump's fate related to January 6th. And when you look back at that now and you see where we are now and you know what we're facing in the now, courts. Yeah. What, what exactly what Mitch said we should do. Right. Right. <laughs> and now it's like, how dare they? How right. dare they go to the courts? This yeah. must be up to the people. Yeah, you're right. And, and I remember, you know, Mitch, we didn't know how he was going to vote. He didn't say anything uh -huh. until the, it was, I want to say it was like the day before yeah. he got up and gave his speech on the floor of that. He was going to vote to acquit. But up until that point, I think a lot of us thought he was going to convict Trump. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I thought there was a 50, at least 50, 50 chance mm -hmm. because I know that he doesn't like Trump and I know Trump doesn't like him. Trump so had I figured, attacked him you know, plenty by then. And I figured, you know, he's old. He's in his last term. What does he give a shit, you know? Um, but, you know, I guess he's an instant, you know, he's an old school Republican and he backed his guy, I guess. Right. Which, again, is just such moral cowardice. It's like, I mean, there were, I forget how many votes to convict in that, in that second was, impeachment. I think it was like 60. I think, but, I think. I think it was like 60. We got like what, eight or how many Republicans did we get? I can't, I we, can't remember. We only needed like seven or eight more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's how it was close. It, it wasn't it wasn't that far off. Right? It was it was. Yeah. And it was shocking because I think that was the first time other than his first impeachment that the same party had voted to convict. Like, And I, I, honestly, I just I would be so curious what to see what history would have looked like if Mitch had said all right, guys, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to vote to convict him in this in this impeachment and what they would have done. I feel like they would have most of them, not the Ted Cruz's probably and not the Marco Rubio's, but right. the rest of them. I feel like a lot more of them would have fallen in line and, and gone along with it and they would have prevented all of this. Everything we're facing now related to definitely has, you know, sway over like 10 or 12 senators for sure. I mean, yeah, they they go with him every time on on, on just about everything. So, yeah. Yeah, he very well might have pulled some of them along, you know, and, and those are the old school, the ones we'd never see on TV, by right. the way, the yeah. ones who only care about their portfolios and <laughs> bringing as much money back to their state as they can. You know, Right. They're not there to um, like, no, like the to Ted be on, Cruises. on Fox. No. Exactly. And that's what's that's So I so real quick. And I know I've got you over a long time, but um, the thing about. The Republican Party now, what I wrote about the other day is that if there ever was any doubt that, that the Republican Party, your grandfather's Republican Party was long gone and dead. It, it, this this new iteration of the Republican Party has sealed it. This isn't this is MAGA. This is the party of Trump. This is also the party of me, 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 because they don't even give a shit about half of them don't even care about Trump or anything. It's I want to get on TV. I want to sell my books. I want to be famous. I mean, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, take your pick. You know, that's it's all about me, me, me. 
maybe for Marjorie, it's all about it's also about Trump. But th- this is this is not this is not a Republican Party that resembles the party of Lincoln. It's not even a Republican Party that resembles the Republican Party of 2000. I don't know. Of 2000. Reagan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's MAGA now. It's, and yeah. they voted. They vote. They all voted to impeach for the impeachment inquiry. They all voted for Mike Johnson. The whole entire conference that fell in line. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's it's amazing how it, it's completely the party of Trump. But you're right. I mean, so many of these people are just going there to, you know, run their run their businesses or make them make their brand. Yeah. Or or, to you know, become a Fox or a Newsmax host. Um, yeah. It, it, it's really it's really unbelievable that the, the performance artist one. It's it's the ones that you never hear about, you know, the ones that don't post anything on Twitter that are actually the most effective that, mm-hmm. you know, they're focused on bringing money and good things back to their district. And you don't they're not on Fox, you know, no, they, they actually in both parties actually do care about that, you know, yeah. but, you know, the the new crew and, and you know, the, the common theme among th- that crew that, you know, wants to be a, on TV and everything is the districts they're in are heavily gerrymandered and they're all like plus 25 plus 30 districts where they can't lose. Right. So they don't need to keep their constituents happy, you know, because they're not going to lose no matter what. It's yeah. yeah. And I think they redrew Nancy Mace's district because she used to be in a lot more trouble than she is now. And what we've seen now with Chester Prynne is what I call her. Thanks to her scarlet letter um, is that she was one of the mutineers. I mean, she's gone pretty much full, full ultra mega now um, because I right. They redrew her district. I think she's well, but she's got to worry because that's being litigated and it's looking very likely that her district is going to have to be redrawn again here any time now. Oh, um, no. And because they, they moved a lot of, they moved like 40,000 black voters out of her district. Oh. And so that was challenged, you know, civil rights stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, that made her district like a R plus one or two district to like an R plus eight or nine. Hmm. Um, so that's when she felt safe to go full MAGA. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, that's, that's, I think it's in front of like the North Carolina Supreme court and, and and they're thinking there's a good chance that they might ha- they might move those voters back into her district. So, you know, after she's gone full MAGA, her district becomes 50 50 and she gets 40,000 black people in it. You know, that's right. Well, boy, would I hate to see that backfire on old Nancy. Boy, <laughs> boy, would I hate to see that happen? Yeah. I you mean, what infuriates me is when she talks about abortion because she's such a fraud, you know. Yeah. We know she's pro-choice, but she she lies. I mean, it's obvious she's pro-choice, okay? Mm-hmm. But she lies and claims she's pro-life, and and when she and but but she's supposed to be like the conscience of the republic or or the whisperer to the Republican Party on abortion, mm-hmm. and this is how she casts herself on on all women's issues, right? Yeah, like she's the one who's going to teach the the mat you know the 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 alpha males how to get women, suburban women voters. Mm-hmm. Elise Stefanik is another one who does yeah. that. Oh God. But, but she's like the new Elise. So, so, so Mace's thing on abortion is, as um, you know, you're just not talking about it, right. You got to sell it the right way. You know, <laughs> you, it's the way you, way you package it, you know? Uh-huh. So, so in other words, what she's saying is like, it's so cynical. It's like, we're going to, we're going to totally be against abortion, but we're going to pretend like we're not, you know, it's and, crazy. Well, and it's so, it's so foolish 
and disingenuous to believe, as we've seen in Virginia now, that you can convince Americans, particularly American women, that, oh, but there's a reasonable way to take your rights away. Like, we we don't want, the, I know that seems really extreme, that other way that we're going to strip your rights where they're like, you can actually die in the parking lot of the hospital because you have sepsis and we're going to refuse to give you an abortion. Like the Fifth Circuit basically just decided to Texas. But Virginia was selling what they thought was a Alexa stop. No, don't interrupt my podcast. They thought Alexa stop. My God, I hate technology sometimes. They, yeah, they were selling a reasonable abortion ban. You know what I mean? Like you, but that's the thing. They keep finding out that they, there's no messaging on this that is palatable, that includes regulating my uterus. <laughs> like they, Nancy Mace doesn't have the answer. Nikki Haley doesn't have the answer. Glenn Youngkin didn't have the answer because there's no answer. And they well, just don't seem to get it. And they here's why, losing. here's why they're, they're handcuffed on this. And, and Trump, Trump is looking for a way to do this too. Uh, in other words, try and act like he's reasonable on abortion is their base. You know, yeah. their base believes that life begins at conception and abortion is murder. So mm. it's cut and dry for them. Mm. So when these politicians start talking about nine weeks, 15 weeks, you know, these people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, mm. murder is murder. It, right. it doesn't matter what week. And so that's why these Republican politicians are in a box because mm -hmm. they want to find a way to kind of sell it to that the moderate women voter. But at the same time, their bases won't have it, won't let them. And they're handcuffed to the base. It's only going to take them so far. It's not going to win them the big no, elections. It's not. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't play on a big on a big, which is why there's this race against time for them to steal as much and gerrymander as much and cheat as much as possible, because like they just know that they're handcuffed to an ideology that doesn't sell on a, in a national or a state level for that matter. I mean, we just saw a huge referendum on all this shit in November, not just in Ohio on issue one, but in states like Idaho and even here in New Jersey, where they were like, we don't want this crazy extremism. Actually, this is not palatable to us. We would like to have some competency and a lot less chaos. And they keep they keep needing the chaos to to they need to chum that that base so that they keep feeding the chaos. And it just keeps undermining their electability beyond that. And they did. The, so what are they going to do? I mean, the, the, like, they don't really have much of a choice other than to cheat. Is what they do. I mean, to lie. I mean, Ronna McDaniel's talking points on abortion is just, and and Trump too is every time you get asked a question about abortion, just talk about the late term. Yeah. You know, Democrats want to you know abortion up until after birth. You know, <laughs> until they're eighteen. I mean, Trump gets up at his rallies and tells people this is what this is how you need to answer the question. As soon as you get asked about fifteen weeks or nine weeks, you just start talking about Democrats want to kill babies after you know the day they're born right or like and that's their plan yeah you know doesn't have to be reflective of reality and again anybody with one single like semi-firing synapse would be like no because that's murder yeah <laughs> like, like doesn't actually work like that i mean how how much does that happen that's like 0.001 of abortions is you know in the yeah at, at the ninth month and that's only because one of the two is going to die or right. or already has died you know right 
Right. And yeah. And yeah. The, I could go on all day about that the Fifth Circuit decision in Texas where it's like, well, no, actually, yeah. they can refuse to give life-saving care if it includes an abortion because that's mandating an abortion, which it's just mandating medical care, which I thought was like in their Hippocratic Oath or whatever, that they couldn't deny care <laughs> like if it would save a life or I don't know. But that's that is likely going to end up before the Supreme Court in an election year, which should be very interesting and not at all advantageous for MAGA, I would assume. And neither will them if a Pristone case. But I think I think Republicans are shackled to this issue forever. With the dog that caught the car. Right. I said for decades, I said before Roe was overturned that Republicans like the idea of fighting against Roe and complaining about Roe, but they don't really want it overturned. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and I said, I've said this in the, in the eighties and nineties. And, and the reason is because they could fundraise the hell out of it. You know, we're going to get Roe overturned before, Mm -hmm. you know, they could yell and scream about it, but there was, and there was no negative consequences like because abortion, no, everybody took it for granted that it, it was a constitutional right. So just because some Republican is out there saying I'm against abortion, it didn't matter to any to any voter because uh, on the on the center or the left, because, well, it's it's a constitutional right. So what if you're you, you don't you you don't you don't agree with it? Well, who cares? But but now it does matter. Yeah. You know, when they say that. So they they're and, and they're not fundraising off it anymore because who's who's fundraising off it? Democrat. It, it flipped. Yeah, it used to be Demo- Democrats raised no money off the pro-choice issue because it, it was already the law. We were good. Republicans raised all the money on abortion. Now it's reversed. Republicans can't raise any money on abortion now because they got their way and Democrats are, you know, raking it in. Well, yeah. And seven out of seven states that put this on their ballot, they were like, oh, yeah, no, we would like to have that, please. Um, it, th- I think there's some polls out that like in terms of motivating voters going into 24, which it is, which is crazy to me. It's like democracy is one of the big issues, if not the biggest issue, maybe second, actually, I'm not sure. And and abortion, Roe, Dobbs, that's right there at the top of what is motivating people to vote. And th- when they're voting on those two issues, they're not voting for Republicans. <laughs> so that does not bode well for them. But like they don't have any messages, period, really. So they certainly don't have anything that they're offering the American people. That They don't have any platforms where they're like, other than gas stoves and like shooting beer. I don't know what they're offering because the they're border. not offering- tax cuts close the border and deport migrants right that's their number one thing yeah yeah that's it and uh, you talked about and we'll get into this another time because you you know what you have a very reasonable approach to the conversation about the border and i don't think that playing like sticking our heads in the sand and playing dumb as if it's not happening at all is the right strategy either so there's some fine line to walk there on not giving them exactly all of the boogeyman like craziness as they want, but also being like, no, okay, this, I mean, even the governor of Arizona is like, look, we got to do something. You know what I mean? She's a Democrat. So you obviously believe that we should be talking about that more. And there's probably a reasonable way to be doing that. The the, the, the administration should be doing that. Yeah. 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 I just think you have to, you have to counter message. You have to see, I think, I think the fundamental weakness of the Biden administration is they're very good on policy, um, but they're not, they don't, I think the way that they understand it is like their job is over when the bill is signed into law. And in a democracy, you have to keep going. In other words, like all the work that you did to craft the legislation, to get it passed, to line up the votes, sign it into law, 
yay, hooray, and then you're on to the next. But in a democracy, what you then have to do is go out into the American people on TV with your with your crew and sell it, sell mm -hmm. it, sell it. This is what the infrastructure bill is doing today. Yeah. Here we are, a new factory in Colorado. Guess how guess what we did over here with the infrastructure bill? Republicans do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. They but take credit for the bills they didn't. This they didn't administration didn't do that. It mm -hmm. they didn't. They uh, maybe because they had such an ambitious agenda that it was always okay, we finished that, we got to go do this now. And, and it was always something on their plate. Yeah. But at the same time, I really feel like they didn't sell their agenda to the people because they didn't think that they had to. I, I think that they felt like the people will see the work and they'll 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 love it yeah. and they'll validate it. We don't we don't need to sell it because it's so good. Right. You know, that's right. almost that's the way I felt. Well, Jessica Tarlov said on Fox yesterday, she's, you know, all the great things. And, and what did Jesse and everybody else say? Well, Biden's not talking about, you know, record record oil production. And and That's that was right. the criticism, which is interesting because, like, they're not wrong. They didn't say that she was wrong. They just said he's not talking about it, which is very interesting because I, I hear you on that. And I hopefully I think what I hear. Give you a, sorry, I mean, let me give you a border example from yesterday. Yeah. KJP, uh, she says um, a fox asked her a question. How many people have been deported in the last, you know, whatever year or whatever? How, how many people have actually been deported? And she said. 610,000 people like in the last nine months have been deported. And the Fox host was like, what? Yeah. And, and I was like, what? Yeah. Like, why are I didn't know that. Like, I had no idea we deported that many people. I Me thought either. we're just according, you know, we're, we're just letting everybody in, you know, mm -hmm. we're not sending anybody back. Right. Um, um, so I thought, well, how, how is it possible that this is the first time I've heard that number, mm -hmm. you know? Sometimes I think on that issue and on the oil issue that I think they're afraid that those messages will backfire. Ah, with the left. Right. Yes. Be you hit Dis it then. Yeah. But that's a calculation you can't really be making if you want to be selling you know, to the middle. And the middle is where the elections are decided. You know, I really do believe that the independents are, are they're hearing the messages. They're like, that seems pretty reasonable. Oh, they're deporting 600,000 people. I didn't know that. Meanwhile, the left is like, what? Yes. The, you know, yeah. that's why I need people like you, Joe, is because you understand the thinking of the left better than I do. <laughs> you know, I understand the right. You know, and and and, you know, I can communicate that to people on the left, but it didn't occur to me that that's why they wouldn't say that. And and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear all the time, all the time from the left, you know, that Biden isn't doing enough to combat like drilling and stuff all the time from yes. the left that he's not doing enough on. So climate. Why would and, he be bragging about how much we're drilling? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is right, which is why it comes up on Fox News, <laughs> like not CNN. You helped you helped me today that I'm going to uh, start I'm going to start being conscious of that. Yeah. Well, it's, it is interesting because he's trying really hard to sell this the truth about how he is the first president in decades to to get big pharma to negotiate prices. And now we've got thirty five dollar insulin and every president since basically before Obama. I don't even know how long back this goes. has been trying to do this. He did it. And then CNN goes out and says, well, big pharma decided that they were going to lower prices because <laughs> if they didn't. And it's like 
no, you didn't even say Biden. So sometimes it, it's not just that he's not messaging for specific reasons. Sometimes we're getting an assist once again from mainstream media who likes to put their thumb on the scale because we all know what's beneficial to them and that's conflict and chaos and dysfunction. Right. Yeah, much like MAGA. So we'll just move on to the totally random rapid fire question round if you're ready for that. All right. Okay. Um, Okay. Question one. You often talk about who you think will be Trump's VP pick, which is just absurd to even say because it's like, how can he even be in that position? But you often talk about it being Elise Stefanik or Christy Noem. Right. So my question is, (laughs) which one of them wins in a pudding wrestling match? (laughs) <laughs> oh, Noam or Stefanik? No, I'm gonna. I was gonna originally say Stefanik because I think she's uh, bigger and stronger. But yeah. I'm gonna say Noam because Noam, like, she's very athletic and does like rodeo and horse riding and shooting and yeah. You know, I'm constantly seeing her. I I'm on her Instagram. Oh God, yeah, and <laughs> so she rides Corey all the time. She's, she's really very athletic, so I'm yep. gonna say gnome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you hear what I said? She also rides Corey all the time. <laughs> oh yes. Well, yes, she did. And yeah, that's true. <laughs> but if she ends up his VP, she and Corey can work together for. No, I thought. I mean, Trump fired Corey because you know he fired. The reason why he fired Corey, by the way, is because. Corey was hitting on Trump's female, hot female staffers. Yeah. And you don't pee in Trump's pool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are his Unless chicks. Unless you are a Russian hooker. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, <laughs> you know, so that's where Corey screwed up was he was messing around with women that were close to Trump. And he what's her name? What was got that? Rid of but name? yeah, but so I know they were completely on the outs for like two years, but I have heard that he's maybe worming his way back in. I've heard that too, actually. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Christy is, is the conduit for that. Maybe she's, you know, she's doing Mount Rushmore's with Corey's face and Trump's face on them. So that he can get used to the idea of them working together. Oh, it's also weird. I do also think that she would beat her um i think stefanik is probably just a big old baby he would be like i broke a nail i don't know (laughs) and we wouldn't know if christy was mad because her face doesn't move anymore um right yeah which is why you were she made i will say that maga world believes it's going to be gnome you know they're they're pretty strong consensus they think it's going to be gnome i'm stefanik nobody nobody's on stefanik except me <laughs> like i'm the only one who thinks stefanik i don't think she appeals to them i don't really don't think that right. she she's not look this is to quote <laughs> alina she doesn't look the part you know? you know what when they bring up huckabee they all laugh all the time and it's the same response they're mm-hmm. all like no she she doesn't she doesn't look the part for trump right you know? no no like, He's ruled out immediately because of her looks. Yeah. Because this is the standard that they this is the standard they expect. So and Stefanik is also just generally dislikable and she's just got that resting kind of like I smell a fart face. I don't know. She's very off putting to me. Um, okay. Uh speaking of being off putting. Okay, number Two, if you had to spend a year, this is not political. If you uh it could be though. If you had to spend a year on a a, a desert island, but you got to bring one comfort item and one celebrity or athlete or politician, what would the item be and who would the person be? 
comfort item, like a pillow? Yeah, like, anything. Uh, comfort, I, I guess, I mean, like, just any luxury item. Any one thing that you feel like you would need for an entire year on a desert island. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't a say fish, a boat. A, a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> a way to get off. Yeah. Uh, my phone. Yeah. Right? No. Then, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's a good question. I mean, because I, I definitely would like you know, I like to, I like to listen to audio books. So I definitely would like to be able to have something that could at least play a audio book. Like, yeah. And a know? charger. Yeah. So that you do. Yeah. I guess you yeah. need something like that too. Yeah. yeah. And you get I one think person. If I had enough audio books, I could be perfectly happy on an Island for 20 years or so. Really? <laughs> but you gotta have to be, you're shackled to not shackled, but you got a celebrity or, or like an athlete or somebody with you. Oh, Oh, I get, I get that too. Yeah. Uh, you have to pick one item and one, one celebrity or athlete or, 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 or politician or famous person alive. Famous person. Yeah. I, I'll do, I'll do somebody like uh, Scarlett Johansson or something. I mean, if my I got to be on an Island, you know, <laughs> my son would pick her too. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you have to have something to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. I, I, that'll offset those audiobook hours for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't need actually I wouldn't need the audio book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just a big bottle of suntan lotion you could apply yeah, right. to, to Scarlett Johansson all year long. Yeah. My son and I got into a debate about who was more attractive, which is this is what we talk about because he's 14. Scarlett Johansson or Mariah Carey. This is what we talk about. And I was team Scarlett because I kind of feel like mm, I mean, that's I don't know, my taste, but whatever. I digress. Um I would Probably pick a, I don't know what it was, Brad Pitt for the same reasons and a camera, <laughs> I guess. Oh, the same reasons. Some, some people would be like, you're lying. And I'd be like, no, I'm not lying. There's <laughs> yeah. me and Brad. That's downward dog. Uh, right. <laughs> you got to be able to prove it, right? Right, right. Pictures or didn't happen. Um, downward dog is a yoga position, not a sex position. It's been that long since I've done either. So number three, who is dumber? Tommy Tuberville or Lauren Boebert? Oh, man. <laughs> That's really a hard question. <laughs> I'm going to say Tuberville is dumber because I think that like Boebert has those street smarts, like that, that guile a little bit yeah. where she could like really get herself out of a jam, you know, if she was in one. So it's sort of like that street smart kind of thing that she has. Definitely no academic smarts, you know? No. But, you know, Bobert can, like, get up and rattle off a 45-minute speech. Half of it's nonsense. But, oh, yeah. you know, she could do it in a, in a, in a stream of consciousness with no notes. Yeah. Tuberville couldn't couldn't give a 10-second speech without notes, you know? That's he's, true. He's really, really dumb. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard him talk. You know, I listen to all these guys so much. And... You know, he's right. He's right. I mean, Gomer was definitely smarter than Tuberville, you know, because <laughs> Gomer was like a county judge. You know, you got to <laughs> at least have a little bit of smartness, even though it was like a small county in Texas. But he, he spit still, out his own tooth. He's still a judge, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Tuberville, I think, is maybe dumber. Yeah. 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 I mean. He's pr probably not as um, handy in a kid's theater, but I'm getting <laughs> Lauren Boebert is either. You know, somebody on Twitter had like the best line about Boebert, <laughs> which I really loved. It was like the guy said, you know, I wouldn't vote for her, but I'd go to a movie with her. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, it's so sad. That was really like every now and then Twitter just whatever you want to call it hits that sweet spot, which yeah. uh, her, her date was trying to hit. And and when when that happened, it was like the Super Bowl of like Twitter. Content. Everything coming together. Yeah. And yeah. I, look, I hate I posted it first. I posted it first. You know? I didn't know that. Oh, uh, so yeah. Funny. I mean, because it was reported by like a local Denver newspaper. And um, I didn't have the grope video. I only had the video that the only thing that they had originally was the video of her getting escorted out. Where she gives the finger. So, yeah. yeah where she's And they didn't have the one of her in the in the seat. So. I was the first one that posted that on Twitter, but I didn't have the groping part, but still it was, you know, went yeah. crazy. And then, yeah. and I think like eight or 10 hours later, somebody else uh, posted the second one and then it went even bigger, you know, but that, yes, that was a fun night. That was a fun night. It's so sad that it's like, wait, what? Is she really like, giving the guy a hand up? It was like, wait, he was grabbing her boobs and there were kids like what? Yeah. Yeah. She had to switch districts because of it. Right. I you mean, know, I I think if that happened, doesn't happen, she's still in that district. You think so? I mean, even as close as it was yeah, though, that her poll numbers went. After no they, shit. Yeah. That was the kiss of death for her. Yeah. um, Adam uh, did a poll. Uh, that was pretty real. He commissioned, he paid for a poll to be done. Adam Frisch. Yeah. And yeah, he was up, he was up like nine points or something. And she, she got, she heard about that poll. Cause she, she talked about it in an interview huh. that, that she heard about that poll and she knew it was correct. And, and she had bail. That's yeah. interesting because if that was, and that was after the, 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 the theater incident. Right. I mean, but if she was a man, Republican man, I'm sure her poll probably would have turned for numbers when it went up. Well, it's like it's like it's the same thing with um, Bridget Ziegler. Right. You know, if if that was a guy in that threesome, you know, they both would have been out of their jobs the next day. Yeah. But it's right. a woman in the threesome. So it's OK. Yeah. Right. For him, not for her. Yeah. For her, it exposes I mean, hypocrisy. For him, it's a high five. In the, in the Republican world, though, there's a big difference between gay women and gay men. Right. It's, right. One right. is not so bad. Right. You know? right. Two two women. And the other one is horrifying. Yeah. Right? Two women is the idea. Well, at least that's what they say publicly, because then you got Matt Schlapp out there and you got Mike Johnson having his son being his accountability partner and monitoring his porn intake. So what they say publicly and what they do privately, a very different matter. But right. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, OK, so um, on that subject, so you've got your podcast, which um, you're you've got. That was just uncovered, right? That's mm -hmm. still going. You're doing that once a week. Is that when that comes out? Yep, yep. Every um, and where do they find that four. on the Midas Touch Network? Wednesday at four. Yeah, we're live, and then yeah, you can catch it on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, you do it live? We do it live every that's, Wednesday at four. Yeah. That's ballsy. I that Very is big pressure. That's brave. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, know what helps is Anthony is has been a pro. My co-host has been a pro broadcaster in London for. 30 years. Okay. And he just has everything just that flows. And I just talk, yeah. you know, he's, he's the conductor, but you've been setting up. He's got the clips ready. He's got, yeah, he's, he's, heeah. he's a pro, but you didn't have him when you did your hit on MSNBC the other night. And that was great. So you're obviously holding your own there in that equation too. Yeah, I guess, I guess I do my part. Yeah. yeah. 
Definitely. But I could not. I mean, I'm not a technical and I'm not a production person. Yeah. You know, so yeah, thank God I have somebody like him, right? Yeah, he's great. And then you're writing a, multiple. I don't know where you find all the time to do this, but you're writing more than one story on, again, Midas Touch Network a day. And you're so prolific. It's like, how how did he do, where did he, how did he do that? I'm like spending three hours on one sub stack and you're like, boom, 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 all day long. How do you do that? Well, not only that, I have to edit everybody else's articles. You know, we have seven oh. writers. Um, so yeah, it's, that can be the hard, hard part is like keeping up with, because you know, when those guys get something good and they crank out a story, you know, and they, they put it up there for me to edit and, and publish. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I have to be mindful of that too. Like I'm working on my own stuff, but I have to step away from that because those guys all deserve to get their stuff out timely, yeah. you know, and they don't want to wait for me, you know, hours and hours. Uh, so, so yeah, I have to do all that, edit their stories and then do my own. And then of course, watch, you know, so much stuff, but Asen is a godsend, you know, a he's a machine. So yeah. he'll watch six different things at once. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> so God. So he's really helped, you know, him. I, that's what I told them. Like when they asked me about who should we get, you know, I give me somebody, I just gave him the first name I gave him was Asen. You know? Yeah. He's yeah. Cause he's a clip, he's a clip God, you know? Yeah. It's, it's remarkable to me too, just in terms of sheer volume, what you guys can push out like in a day. Cause I'm still in the weeds on a, like a one tweet or one sub stack. And you guys are like 14 videos and 17, you know, different yeah. articles in, and a podcast. And I'm like, what, what are they yeah. on? How do they do that? <laughs> but it's, it's very impressive. All, and, we're all pretty crazy. Yeah. Like fanatical. Yeah. You know? No, it's good. It's great. And because the year that we're in right now, it's happening. It's all happening right now. We it's we got to like really, really, really amp it up. Like it's it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Yep. That's it. We're going all out. I mean, that's we're not sleeping. We're not taking days off. No, nope. you know, <laughs> we're till Election Day. Yeah, we're all yep. in. Yep. Same. Um, as always. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I could talk to you for 25 hours. I didn't even touch scratch the surface on a million things I wanted to ask you about, but I know you're not going anywhere because I can always be like, hey, Ron, can you come talk to me about this? Because um, there's so much crazy. It never ends. But I'm so grateful just to have you out there to bounce stuff off of and to chat with and to come on and talk to me and, and explain things from your perspective, which is, is, is funny because it is different from mine, but we still manage to meet somewhere in the middle all the time or on the same side, depending on which way it is, which is great and shows you that it's possible, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I appreciate you. <laughs> you know, what you do best is you're, you're so many things I post, I don't comment on because I feel like it's going to get me in a tremendous amount of trouble. <laughs> if I say any, anything other than like a brief introduction of this photo or right. this outfit or right. whatever it is, I I've, I've learned to say very little because I know that you are then going to come behind me and say what I wish I could say, but I can't, you know? No. So, and I don't know if I can. Your responses are almost always like what's in my head, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> because I I think many times I do think like, a, I don't know if it's like appropriate to say, but I think like a guy, I think like I think like my son who's 14 and he's a, he's a boy. And I think these thoughts because I'm whatever it's I'm from Jersey. I don't know. It's always been the way I've been. And so I'm always like, if you put up a picture and and it's just begging, it's like begging for me, Marge Green in the bar and was literally they're clothed. It was just two people with a beer. And I was like, OK, you know, I mean, I got to her, sex. Her then. boyfriend texted me about that. Oh, shit. No way. Uh -huh. <laughs> he did. Brian, right? Is it Brian? Brian, yeah. He said, he oh, said, hey man, I was I was there. Oh. I was in the bar with her. <laughs> he goes, you know, she he just he was a nice guy, bought her beer. <laughs> like he was like, I'm like, I said, listen, man, I know. I I didn't think I was just messing with her, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I I know that they you know, but I thought my caption was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a cover story. He got they got caught. Right. Right. Cheating. So right. it was pretty funny that her boyfriend that texted me is like, <laughs> oh, no, I was there. Everything was good. You know, well, you probably wouldn't have to do that if she doesn't had didn't have that track record of um, a slight infidelity issue. But, yeah, that's why my captions included the guy going, I don't know what tank trick is, but if you're doing if you're going to do what if and what you're saying you're going to do, then sure, that's me. <laughs> tank trick. And, you know, that's you know, the funny thing is like sometimes and, and a, a tweet like that was a case like I, I was trying to to insinuate something without actually saying it. Right. And a lot of people didn't get it uh, oh. like, you know, it didn't really take off at first like it should have. Yeah. Until you explained <laughs> basically what I was saying. And then everybody was like, oh, and then they and then they all piled on. <laughs> Wait, thought bubbles. Hold on. Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Something Audrey is happening here. Even it wasn't at all, but like you give me give me one of your pictures with a benign caption. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put thought bubbles on it and I'm usually gonna make it pretty dirty. That's just what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if like I did that, I'd be routine. I'd already be I'd have like nine followers. <laughs> <laughs> It, actually, know. it's weird because most of my followers are are, are guys. Like, it's the truth. Yeah. For whatever reason that is, I don't know. But I, and I know that I I speak to them the the, the lower I go, <laughs> and that's not I didn't mean it that way, by the way. But um, yeah, the more inappropriate I am, the more they enjoy it. So I'm just gonna keep sticking with it because it's who I am anyway, and it feels good because I don't always punch up, you know, often punch down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not above that. Look, they're going after me. I got a 7,000 memes of myself and Brooklyn dad eating cheesecake. I, 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 whatever. <laughs> like, it's fair game. Okay. I, know. I don't know how I got on those lists with you guys. Man. I know. All of a sudden you <laughs> popped like, up. How did this happen? You know? <laughs> that was, that was, you're a paid DNC shell. How did I, I get on the uh, dartboard? Yeah, <laughs> the dartboard of leftist, leftist militia. When they described you as a DNC shill, I literally, I remember I was drinking a cup of coffee and I was like, that's, that is not wrong. Nope. Yeah. yeah. But it keeps that, that picture keeps growing where it's like all of a sudden they're populating with, I was the only woman on there for a while and now there's at least five. So congrats to them. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> thank you again. Uh, always love talking to you and happy new year and, um, Good luck with everything that you're working on. And I will see you on what I still call Twitter. Do you still call Twitter? I still call it yes. Twitter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't call it X. 
Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to stick. And if anybody's going to charge people just to go on the site, it's not going to matter because nobody's going to do it. So that'll be fun yeah. to see. Yeah. But um, um, everybody else that uh, concludes this episode of the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Again, my thanks to my friend Ron Filipowski for joining me. As always, it's such a blast. And I wish I could do this every week because I enjoy it very much. And it flies by. And I know that was a long time. Um, <laughs> I think we went through an entire season in this. <laughs> but um, so thank you, Ron. Got right, it. See you later, guys. Have a good week. Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com. Mm-hmm.